There we go. There's some technology for you. <laughs> Hello, Jeremy Renta. Hello, Amy Solara. We almost have an intro. Welcome to, to Mantra and Magic. The source for East meets West esoteric practices. It's <laughs> where I get all of my esoteric practices. <laughs> From our podcast? How are you doing on this? Yeah. I mean, I put them out there and then I go back and re-listen to them and I go, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) I do love re-listening and thinking, oh my God, why aren't they censoring me? (laughs) (laughs) Who's they? Mm, We could go into that, but it would be a whole podcast in and of itself. It's a completely different podcast, yeah. That would be a disclosure podcast. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If you don't know what that word means, go Google it and come back and email me because you're going to need someone to catch you after you fall down that rabbit hole. Go goo goo it. Um, so it's snowing outside here in Boulder on Easter or Ostara or whatever you're celebrating out there. Um, 2020. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a different look than I was expecting. At Colorado boggles my mind. Mine like too. the amount of snow that you guys get really should be relegated to like Minnesota. Well, I mean, it, it comes and goes quickly, though. That's the nice thing. It's it's like people talking about living in the desert and saying, oh, it's a dry heat. Whenever you talk about the snow here, it's like, yeah, but it's gone in a couple of days. <laughs> but yeah, there's still snow on the ground. So it's, you know, it's still kind of kind of a hindrance if you wanted to go outside and drive some places. The roads actually aren't that bad right now. It's uh, It's been really warm. It was like literally like 70 degrees yesterday. Well, so, we were playing in the sprinklers yeah. today and drawing with chalk on the sidewalk. So that's Arizona. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, it's so funny. Um, we were talking about this like before um, Anton and I were talking about this before the podcast, how many people are scared to like be outside and how there's this weird quarantine shaming thing going on. And I think that's the only thing that's keeping us sane is being able to just go outside and sit in the grass and, and connect that way. And, um, I don't, I couldn't imagine having snow and <laughs> needing to be outside right now. Well, it's just so strange to me going into public and everybody's dressed like a bank robber or or like or or one of the like the add on characters from Mortal Kombat. Like everybody has these goofy looking masks on. (laughs) Yes, I understand there's a public health concern, but it's just under no other circumstances would this be okay. Except at Burning Man, but nobody would be wearing any other clothes. That's the thing. They would have the mask. (laughs) They would have the goggles. They would have like... Mm -hmm weird gloves and and belts um that keep all of their things on it with like strange water bottle containers and uh <laughs> and they'd be riding bicycles everywhere with mm-hmm. giant tires of course but um then they would have like barely anything on besides that so technically everybody's been to burning man has been prepared for this well yeah you got all that kind of stuff packed away ready for the summer but uh, it's like oh yeah, look it's a new fashion trend <laughs> i'm just ready to get back to to having uh some on table time to be honest uh i had a nice session last night uh working on my partner Lindsay, and it was uh it was a good long two almost and a half hour session 
Like those are, those are the sessions that I really like because you can you get somebody drop down into their parasympathetic nervous system. You know, you can loosen up any of the knots and adhesions that they've got. And then by the end of the session, any of the um, energetic stuff that you've disconnected from them usually starts to surface and then they start to feel it. They're unaware of it beforehand, but like once you're like, okay, we're going to kind of start coming out of it. There was so much stuff that came up last night that was really intense. And it's like, it feels so good for me because it's like, this is why I do this. Like I, I didn't get into massage therapy just because I like massage and muscles, like the actual energetic and the shamanic aspect of it is what I'm, I'm about about. So yeah, it's, it was just uh last night was a really cool session and it's, it reminds me that I get to do that on a regular basis when this craziness isn't going on. I so, mean, you could still technically so do it. That's what's weird. Settled. And most people are going to be like, oh, no, she didn't say that. But there are people that I'm in touch with here in Phoenix. And they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you want a massage, let me know. I'll come to your house. Um, and yeah. Yeah. If you're so long as you've, you're, you're feeling all right about it, then I think yeah, it's okay. It's just, um, this fear mentality of suddenly like being afraid to touch people that I really think is one of the worst things that they've created right now. Again, disclosure episode, but um, there's got to be a point where people who've quarantined themselves for two weeks realize I don't have it. And this other person who quarantined themselves for two weeks doesn't have it. And if we see each other, it's not going to spread because neither of us has it. (laughs) Um, Right. Well, I mean, neither of us is set to give any type of medical advice, yeah. but I, I feel the same way. Like, I feel like there's so much of this is like the separation is it's it's causing more internal strife than it is uh, actually keeping people safe, right. you know. But it's, I mean, again, you get into the conspiracy aspect of it. I don't know who's actually reporting the numbers, where the numbers are coming from. I don't trust anything anywhere ever at all, unless I've actually experienced it myself. So, which is why we're doing the episode which, today. Which is which good is what leads segue. us into our conversation for the day. Oh my god, I'm getting so you good are, at it. You're, too. you're making it happen. <laughs> um, we wanted to talk about how do we know our own truth how do we step Mm -hmm. into being our own gurus our own spiritual authorities our own guides our own gods and goddesses um how do we Mm -hmm. tap into what is true for me therefore what is true in in a bigger sense as well because for a lot of people if if your self-truth and my self-truth match up then it's probably a bigger truth than just for you or me. Um, and when you hear someone and you get like a, a instant um, reciprocal feeling that is true uh, after, su- after they've said something or after they've done something for yourself, mm-hmm. it helps kind of orient you to your circle, to your tribe, to your um, soul family in a way that is so much deeper. And that's how I usually recognize the people that I'm with, when you hear spiritual people talking, you always hear them say like, oh, yeah, that's not in alignment for me right now. And it's just this kind of like woo-woo, jibber-jabber. <laughs> and like, what are they even saying? It's not in alignment. Well, if you truly are living in alignment with your soul, in your soul's truth, in a constant dialogue with your own highest self, then you can tell what is in the same frequency, what is in the same wavelength what is in the same dimensional truth for you and therefore you can use that word is it in alignment or not is it in line with what my soul is saying to be true but how do we do right 
Well, uh, Bruce Lipton uses a term uses a term called positive congruence, and it's you know good vibrations. It's when things are in line. And I think for people who are kind of in a on the spiritual path or who have you know their own um, whether it's a, a, a yoga practice and exercise practice, like the th- anything that they do that actually kind of keeps them from being um, shunted into what normal people consider normal, like drinking, going out to bars and doing that, like the things that are, that are still relatively mass considered normal in our, our culture. Like when you've gotten into, when you're in your own truth and you find something that rubs you just even the slightest wrong way, Mm -hmm. then you're like, it feels really off. You know, it feels incredibly, it, it feels incredibly difficult to be in one of those types of situations. Um, and that spent that is uh, comes from spending a lot of time with yourself, yeah. you know, actually actually setting standards for yourself, um, <sighs> testing yourself and seeing what you can and can't tolerate. You know, I think that's like when it, whether it's fasting or plant medicine or, or um, you know, any type of um, coming of age ceremony that our culture really doesn't have, which is kind of come been coming back around a little bit more with, you know, we have friends who are involved in sacred sons. Um, which is a, a men's retreat where there's a lot of shadow work that's done. Like there's, there's, it's being recognized that there's a need for this and it's being recognized that there aren't a lot of people who have guides to kind of get them there. You know, we, you and I have both been doing a lot of, uh, of our own work for, for a pretty good amount of time. I would say I've been doing it for about 10 years and it's not been consistent. Like I do, I did go through a, a stint for five, for a couple of years there where I was, like I said, going to the bars and drinking and, and doing things that really didn't align with stuff that I knew even when I was a kid uh, that I didn't mm-hmm. want to do. Um, but for the most, you know, for, for some people, they don't have a strong male influence in their life. They don't have a strong female influence in their life and they don't have someone to kind of help them to kind of find out what it is that they want. You know, a lot of times you ask people, what do you want out of life? And they have no idea. They have no, they don't know how to answer. They don't know what their highest truth is because we live in a culture that is constantly being fed us other people's opinions. And whether it's, you know, again, politics or, or anything that's on reality television shows, you, people expect you to have an alignment or an opinion about the things that you're consuming. Like, well, what do you think about uh, what Biden is doing or what Trump is doing? It's like, I don't, I don't have an opinion and I don't have to have an opinion. Or you, you, know? you can't have an opinion, it's but something you might not want to say it. Of me. Right, right. But it's also, it's something that's outside of you. It's not what, what is your highest truth. It's not what you actually want or care about. You know, for me, that's a, that was a big thing. I went into, uh, I went into a political uh, hole for a while uh, probably my late twenties, early thirties, where I was quote unquote involved and active. And after a while, I was just kind of like this, it doesn't, I don't care about this. I don't care about the stuff that everybody's talking about. And I don't want to spend time to formulate an opinion about something that somebody else is telling me is important, you know, and I don't mean, I don't mean that voting is not important. I'm just saying that when it comes to spending your time discussing these types of things, you know, (laughs) for me, I, I go way beyond the general, like left or right. Um, discussion because I'm we we decided the other day probably if I was going to be anybody I'm a social anarchist but I don't like labels and I don't want to be part of groups even though I like community <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's like as close as it gets um, I think with all of those things though it, it goes beyond um, beyond just do you have an opinion about it and uh, 
is this even real? <laughs> we, we can go like on so many levels of what is reality and we can go on so many levels of what is true, but something that, um, that happened last night that really like rang in true for me was we have to stop all television in our house period for a, a while. Um, just like period. <laughs> and it was hard because I like watching things. I enjoy movies and storytelling and I enjoy musicals and I enjoy, um, shows that feel good because that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to keep you, um, complacent and sweet or at least that was the truth that I discovered for myself and I was sitting with it and I was like oh my god all the patterns and so many things were aligning I was watching weirdly a documentary when this was happening and I was like I have to turn this off I have to turn this off this is programming me and it was talking about how when you look at it at the the big black box that sits in our house it's called television if you break that down into three words it's tell a vision And I just got like covered in chills when I heard that. And then the next thing was, what do you choose? You choose which channel you're going to watch. So what is channeling into your mind? And then (laughs) go one step further on the channel, you pick the program. So how are you getting programmed? What patterns are being put into your consciousness, essentially? Um, And technically, listening to you and me talking right now is also still consuming. It's also still choosing. Um, And not everything is bad and not everything is wrong and not everything is part of an agenda. But being able to discern which ones are and which ones aren't, which ones are, like we said, in alignment, which ones are in your truth is going to be hugely important um, as we move forward. Because right now, like you said, we don't know what the real numbers are because We don't know what's really going on. They're not testing every single person. They're not testing every single death either. And other countries are coming back with like crazy different numbers, crazy lower numbers. Um, Like if you look at Iceland's numbers, if you look at um, a couple other European countries that are not, um, you know, Italy and Spain, um, it's kind of scary to think about what is going on in our media right now and what is going on in our collective consciousness because of social media, not just, you know, the channels that are like NPR and CBS and Fox and MSNBC and all of those things. So I, I was like sitting with that and trying to figure out what my truth was. And Anton was coming home from teaching all day and he walked in he's like, I totally agree. We have to get rid of the TV something like felt sick in my stomach yesterday when I was watching our son and watching it. I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. And we just, we had this resounding moment of truth between the two of us. And, um, the way that he checks in and the way that I check in might be slightly different, but for both of us, we know what is yes and what is no instantly. And so that's why I really wanted to talk about it. Cause right now it's more important than ever that you figure out how to get those clear answers without anybody outside of you telling you they can echo it. They can, um, they can do like what happened with Anton and I, where it's like, I said it for myself and then I approached him and he was like, I had that feeling yesterday. So we both had it for ourselves first. And then we confirmed it for each other, which is um, like confirmation and affirmation are useful tools when it comes to checking in with your truth, but they're the second or even third step. They're not 
um, they're not the first step, right? Um, I think you're touching on something that is hugely important, and that is uh, removing things uh, from your experience. You know, you really, to, to get into your own truth, you literally have to see what it is that aligns for you. And part of that, this is a, you know, there are some scary aspects of the financial piece uh, to this whole quarantine, but this is such a gift for people to spend a lot of time in gossip or spend a lot of time, you know, being, you know, their family's forced opinions on them or their friends forced opinions on them, where you can actually delve deep and find out what really matches mm-hmm. for you. You know, um, we've already kind of discussed how we don't necessarily want to get into some of the outside perspectives. It really is about first getting into what it is that makes the most sense for you. So cutting out, uh, cutting out television is a huge thing. You're, you're not getting, you know, you're not getting numbers. If you, if you're a news watcher, which I don't know how many people actually still are (laughs) that actually still watch 24 hour television, uh, 24 hour news. More than I would ever want to know about, I'm sure. Right. But um, being in a place where you can limit and minimize, and this is, you know, people also talk about meditation as being boring, but this is, this, like the, the time that we're in right now gives us a great chance to find out what meditation practice works for you as well. Because there are, a lot of people hear meditation and they think that means, you know, Zen meditation, which is trying to find blankness. We've discussed that as well. But there's also like, if you're focusing on one specific thing, you know, magic itself is meditation or uh, magic itself is a meditation and mantra itself is a meditation. Yeah. So if you're, uh, if you're able to kind of block out some time starting and at, at this point now, we're what, uh, six weeks in, how long has this been going on now? Maybe four, I guess it started mid March. Yeah. My last day at work was like the 15th. So we're, um, we're almost a month in and, um, I know for me, you know, I, I went through, the phase of like, do I, do I devote a bunch of time to work? Do I devote a bunch of time to trying to read, like trying to find that balance? And there was a, there is a peak, a peak of insanity where you're dealing with your own thoughts or the thoughts of your partner, whoever you're living with. And, um, you know, it's interesting because the last couple of, the last couple of weeks that you and I have been talking to, you talk about how much the boys have been watching uh, Lion King. And it's like, to have something like that constantly repeated, we know what the story is. After a while, the story, the words, you know, the dialogue kind of gets ingrained in mm-hmm. us. But what other things are being pushed through? Yeah. You know, what other things are actually kind of getting embedded into our psyche? Um, so I think it is uh, <sighs> finding out what's true to you, too, is also kind of hard. And it can also be really daunting. You know, if you're, like I said, if you're starting a meditation practice or if you don't have someone else that's around you that is into this type of thing and you have literally been sitting in your house for, you know, the past six weeks or four weeks and you've reread the same books over and over again or you've been cruising YouTube and, you know, you find yourself kind of in that same pattern, like being able to break out of that and just have some silence is really golden. That was another thing that I noticed and I was uh, very mindful of when you and I were talking on the phone earlier and the boys sounded like they were jammering and saying the exact same words at the same time and then slamming trucks into each other. They were other. actually playing <laughs> so. with um, cute little animal toys on the table sitting very nicely. They oh, do okay. It, loud. it was just very loud. Yeah. So <laughs> for loud. you, I just, so I just wanted to ask for you, how do you find time to drop in for your meditation or how do you find time for you to find what works for you? Like you're, you've been on this path for a long time now, but like, 
as you said, you're always growing. We've, uh, we've discussed like how it is that we want to kind of be mindful of the information that we're putting out. So we don't send somebody down a rabbit hole and then possibly put them into a place where they might be in danger. Yeah. I'm like making a list. <laughs> That's what right. Virgos do. That's what you um, do. Yeah. And, and some Taurus and Capricorn. Uh, but I, I'm thinking going back, how did I test truth for me? How did I ground? Um, right. And in, when I first started this practice, when I first woke up, as we say, um, I felt so flighty, so ungrounded, so um, mm-hmm. energized and activated and also so spaced out and so disconnected from the life I had been living and so connected to things I couldn't see that I, I didn't feel stable. Like I didn't feel like a stable right. person. I was scared. Partly that I was losing my mind because now I'm talking to dead people and partly because I wasn't (laughs) able to connect to friends in the way that I had been, but was connecting to new friends that I didn't know very well, but I was sharing these deep, dark secrets with because that's what you do in covens. Um, And I, I was like, what the heck do I do? And I was literally walking around with bracelets of garnet, tourmaline, onyx, pyrite, like, Mm -hmm. like weighting myself down. I felt like the girl in... Um, oh, what's that book? The Peculiar Children one. Um, Miss Peregrine Scroll for Peculiar Children, where she has like the giant metal shoes that keep her grounded. Uh, because <laughs> right. I was doing that to myself. I was literally weighting my jackets down with crystals to try and keep me grounded. But I didn't realize I was also activating everything that those crystals activate mm-hmm. by surrounding myself in them. So it wasn't the smartest thing. And I didn't know how to ground myself energetically while also tapping in above and that's the key is is a balance between um above and below and that's why in the reclaiming tradition in some esoteric practices of that are not a specific witchcraft tradition in um all the practices that i teach which is a new tradition that's forming in and of itself which is a whole other topic um the very first thing you do is you send energy from yourself down into the earth and pull energy from the earth up into your body. And then you send energy from yourself up and into the stars and the galaxy and beyond the cosmos. And you bring that cosmic energy down and into your body and you hold the middle space, the middle ground, and you become grounded and connected and therefore centered. And so then you're in a space Mm -hmm. in between. And from there, you can move forward and check in with your truth. And um, the very first thing that I was ever taught, actually, Cindy taught me. Do you remember Cindy? Oh, yeah. So um, he taught me the really basic muscle testing where you um, interlock your fingers by um, making two circles with your index fingers and thumbs um, so that one set is inside of the other, right? So you have um, like a resistance like a yeah, that you can pull against. Right. And so you, you pull against it, the point where both of them would, would separate where the index and thumbs would separate. And you ask yourself um, really stupid questions first, like, is my name Amy? And I pull them apart and they stay together. And um, by holding it together really tightly and like, that's, that's a true, that's a yes. That's my name. Um, is my name, uh, Tabitha, I pull them. No, <laughs> they instantly break apart. Okay, let's try another one. Is eating spinach good for me? Yes, that's a truth. Is um, eating candy good for me? Oh, no, instant break apart. And so like you get a couple really strong yeses and nos that you can't question. And you ask yourself, mm-hmm. I would say three along those lines, three that you know are true and that you know are false so that you 
establish the pattern in your muscles. And then you ask the question that you're actually wondering about, like, should I continue down this path of a career? Should I continue in this relationship? Um, was what they said actually intended for me or are they going through something like whatever it is that um, you're asking yourself about to see if it's true for you or not, you can use that. And if it's like unsure, like maybe one hand breaks and the other one doesn't go back (laughs) to the beginning again. And this is something I always had to do. Like, do I like the smell of roses? Yes. Do I like the smell of uh, fish rotting in the sun? No. So um, like just very (laughs) clear yeses and nos until you feel solid in your fingers telling you the truth and then you ask the hard question Um, and that's just like a really quick check-in that I used to do all the time in the very beginning when I didn't have a very strong connection to my own intuition because I was relying too much on outside sources of information whether they were bodied or not embodied Um, right and then the next step that I learned was pendulum which have you have you done a lot of pendulum practice I have, I mean, I've dabbled, but I, it's not part of my own practice. It used to be really big for me. It used to be one of the only ways that I would check yeses and nos. So if I was doing like a tarot reading, even sometimes I would pull out a pendulum to make sure that what I was saying was right um, for the person, mm-hmm. because I didn't even trust myself enough then to say the right thing that would help them. And so I, I would test with the pendulum and pendulums are fun because they feel magical. Um, you just try to hold your arm steady in front of you. And I usually try to make it so the pendulum's at heart level since our heart emits so much vibration anyway that we can't really see, but we can feel. Um, and I feel like that helps the pendulum stay in your truth versus in like mm-hmm. maybe your head area. So if you hold your hand and the pendulum kind of right in front of your heart, um, you ask the same kinds of dumb questions of like, should I jump out of a second story window? No. Should I <laughs> um, go to sleep early tonight? Yes. So like um, you kind of figure out which way the pendulum swings for each one. And it takes a second. This is the one you have to be a little bit more patient for in terms of an instant response, because you have to let it start swinging to really establish which ways. Yes. Which ways? No. And then mm-hmm. it will tell you. And it's a, it's actually just another form of muscle testing, which is why I went down that road because it's a little less um, embodied muscle testing because your arm is technically still moving it. A lot of people don't want to admit that. They're like, oh, no, it's just energy. I'm like, great, cool. Your body's made of energy, matter that's tightly clinging together, little particle. It's fine. So (laughs) just like (laughs) argue that. But pendulums are a great way to test when you just are beginning down the road of all the psychic powers, right? Right. And so then the next step from pendulum would be clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, um, claircognizance. And what's the, what's the last one I'm missing? Uh, well, I mean, there's like 10, there's Claire, Claire which is like taste. There's, um, Claire, um, I always put like all the body senses into one group. That's why. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. There's smell there's, uh, and I can't remember what that one is. Um, Clear audience, clear visual, uh, clairvoyance. Yeah, so let's break it down. So clairvoyance is the most okay. well-known one. Um, yes. And some people see with their physical eyes open literal colors, sometimes spirits, sometimes um, like full visions of things playing out. Most people who are clairvoyant, though, need to close their eyes in order to see it clearly. 
Um, And almost everyone has a little bit of this gift. They're just not aware of it because it's the easiest one to tap into because we're all told to practice our imaginations and visualizations, Um, whether you play sports, whether you are doing an art project, whether you're just um, daydreaming. This is the one that Mm -hmm. we exercise the most, but it's also sometimes not easy to discern and you have to have a truth check in order to figure out what's going on. And not everybody has that. I mean, some people have very clear, uh, clear imaginations, you know, not everybody does. And people have, you know, are more than happy to admit that as well. So there's something about um, having that as a natural ability. Again, I'm not sure if that is a left and right brained thing. You know, we, we, we are kind of, a lot of that stuff is kind of beaten out of us. Like there's not that many people who are left-handed. There are, uh, there, like creativity is not really promoted or supported um, in our societies. It's something that is like, it's, it's you're, if you even think about being a dreamer to make money, you're a dreamer. You know, like if you're, if you're trying to be a writer or anything along those lines. Um, and then if you do have a, a penchant for it, if you, if you have a talent for it, you most likely will have to work for someone else to be able to actually do what you really want to do. Right. So it's, it's, it's a difficult, uh, at least the way that it has been for the longest time, it's a difficult road to hoe. Um, I think, um, but yeah, a Claire, lot of people get, go ahead. I was just going to say clairvoyance, like you said, is, is the one that I think most people do have because we, we experience it every night when we sleep. Right. So it, it we, it, whether you think your dreams come from inside or outside, being able to see, and being able to uh, experience your dreams, um, again, not everybody can do that. A lot of people, part of it is, is the amount of caffeine that we consume in our culture. Uh, and part of it is that that part of our brain has kind of been, you know, it's been damaged from, well, from the, uh, some, the way like that we consume said, things in our lives. It's not their gift. And they actually have, like, like people who are blind, have a much stronger sense of the other ones because they don't have clairvoyance. And I'm almost right. envious of that sometimes because they literally hear clear things like other sounding voices it's not just their own inner dialogue constantly going um so that's clear audience if you and everyone gets scared they're like oh my god i don't know if i want to hear voices well just question them (laughs) do the truth test with these too so if you hear something Mm -hmm. that's like doesn't sound like you talking to you say who are you what are your intentions why are you here Mm -hmm. (laughs) like really put them under the ringer until you feel safe because if you right. don't feel safe it's that's kind of the first clue um and the way that that shows up sometimes too like because i have that as well i have clear audience um sometimes it is you will literally hear other voices sometimes you will uh it's like they are trying to either speak to you sometimes things will talk to you um, it may be your inner voice or it may be something outside of you that is that you know is there, but it's not able to actually formulate words. So there may be a yes, no question that you pose to it. Are you th- are you, you know, this uh, family member of mine? Are you whatever this is? You know, if you're posing it that way, you're again, this gap comes back to intuition. You're going to know in your gut and in your body what it is that you're if the thing is telling the truth or not. And that's something that you again, this is another reason why honesty is so incredibly important for your practice um, with yourself and with other people, other energies, like make sure that you are in uh, that you are in alignment with what it is that you're doing. Um, so uh, Claire audience is um, it can be a little creepy, um, but there's also, it's a, it's a, it's a power dynamic for you. 
you know, being able to stand in your strength. And if something, if you do feel something else coming in, this is another reason why you and I are talking about strengthening your own personal resolve before you try to reach out to something else. So if you have experience with things that are coming at you in this realm, like we've discussed before, you have won the lottery. <laughs> the fact that you are here, you are, you are more powerful than anything that's on the other side of the veil um, that's trying to impose its, its sense on you. Like if you're working with, if you're working with deities or energies that are benevolent, then they are going to be benevolent and they're going to be there to kind of help and support you. If you're working with things that are, that are malevolent, you either don't, uh, you have the, the, you have the, you can put the action into place to stop that interaction because of where you are. Like you do not agree to anything that if something is posed to you, if something is trying to force something on you, you do not have to say yes. And I would say, don't say yes. You know, do not say yes to anything. They can't physically (laughs) harm you. No matter what, yes. nothing can physically harm you without your consent. And a but lot they can't people, energetically tie to you if you agree to it. That's yeah, a lot of people get really yeah. concerned about like other things coming in. And I have to say, again, it's the programming from Hollywood. Mm-hmm. We're like told yeah. that we're powerless. We're told that we're in these spaces of like being in danger. We're not. We're actually the ones holding the power and they want us to not remember that they want us to forget that right and they want us to um tap into what they like well all the agenda stuff again anyway um when you are beginning down this road and you're figuring out your truth it can be really hard sometimes Mm -hmm. if you've given consent in the past knowingly or unknowingly consciously or unconsciously to other things to be in your field. So um, let's talk about clearing for a second. How do we clear these beings out of our etheric space, out of our multidimensional selves, out of our physical selves? Because sometimes they get stuck. They get lodged. Yeah. Um, and they, they like Well, that. I mean, the <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because you're an energy source, yeah. right? So one of the easiest ways, obviously, uh, is smudging. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's going to be in each different types of plant matter that you burn has a different effect. So clary sage, um, sage and uh, Palo Santo are really kind of like, you know, they're the big guns, the, the big guns to kind of start off working with. You can um, also do tobacco I'm, and cedar. Yes. Yep. You can use um, uh, any of the Nag Champa, like any of the um, any of the incense mm-hmm. Any of those types of things. The reason why those are widely used is because they have, they're kind of benign. They, they clear the space. They, they kind of welcome in positive energy more than anything else. There's not like a... Copal is also really good too. Yeah. White copal, uh, frankincense is used in a lot of religious ceremonies. It smells really good. The, um, just the vibe that you feel, like the feeling that you get from it is, is very... You can't, it's kind of in between, like you feel grounded because you're very present because it's very, it's very potent, but it's also, you can feel your, you can feel the, uh, your higher self kind of coming into alignment with yourself. And even some really, um, really common herbs that a lot of people don't give credit to, like rosemary can mm-hmm. like, if you don't, if you're, if you're not in a space where you want to order anything to your house or go out and get anything right now, but you have rosemary, you can burn that too. Mm-hmm. And that's if, especially if you're in, uh, if you're in Arizona or if you're in Southern California, that is glo- growing a plenty pretty much anywhere you go. And, um, lavender too. A lot of people forget about mm-hmm. lavender and all these herbs too. If you're like in an apartment building, whose sprinklers will go off the second you have any smoke whatsoever. Um, or if you're scared that, um, 
the smell is going to bother another family member or a pet. You can also make water infusions of these. It's not as powerful, but it will do the trick. Yeah, you can use a spritzer, just a water bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I have one that I got in Sedona a while back, and it has sage, Palo Santo, and two other ones um, that I'll use really quickly before doing readings because it just smells amazing, but it also clears out my energetic space that's immediately around my body, and I use it almost like a body spray. And it's just like my aura be cleansed. Um, right. And it's nice because right. then I don't come out smelling like smoke when I go hold my babies. Um, but mm-hmm. also they've just released a thing from India that um, when they use actual smudging techniques, especially sage in hospitals, the airborne bacteria level goes down to like almost nothing. So if mm-hmm. you're a little bit scared of your, don't fumigate. Don't like <laughs> fill your house with smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Doing just like a light smudging around your whole house um, once a day is going to tremendously help lower the amount of um, things that are in the air. And I had heard this a long time ago from Native American cultures that that's why they did it. They would smudge around bodies that were sick. And um, mm-hmm. I didn't know that Ayurveda practices also included this kind of work and so it's really cool to hear that there's hospitals in india who are using it right now um so that's something else to consider but that it's like an actual physical response it's not even just energetic right and i mean speaking to that as well um i mean even before we even get to smudging i should have even i should have mentioned just cleaning your space literally cleaning your house and moving stuff around is very helpful energetically because uh you know the stuff that is the stuff that is on the floor, especially if you have hardwood floors, like being able to sweep and clean makes the the place feel lighter. It makes the space feel more open. Um, and then moving things around is big, making sure that um, you don't have objects that are kind of sitting stuck and stagnant because in dark crevices and dark corners, things are going to find a spot and kind of camp out. That's, you know, when you move a, a bookshelf that it has cobwebs and things like there's, there's stuff that's back there that is living. Obviously, it's trying to find a nice, quiet spot. But energetically, things will will look for that type of stuff as yeah. well. So just just cleaning and straightening your space is a is a huge, huge help. But when you're vacuuming, like you can vacuum up in the corners and then afterwards come through and sage in the same places, so that you're yes you're yeah. hitting it on both ends, <laughs> physical and it's yeah. <laughs> and beyond that, um, you can do so many other things for clearings. You can use um, Tibetan bowls. You can use chimes. You can, uh, feng shui always has people literally singing really loud and using the mantra, Mm -hmm. using Ganesh mantra, using Durga mantra. Um, just a little, like, I I think one time when it was when we were setting up this house, we did three rounds of like cleansing blessing. And first it was just heavy amounts of sage and to see two tiny little humans running around with me was Let's say it was a really fun experience. Um, and then we went around the next time and we were chanting and I had one child playing the flutes and another child holding chimes and I had a bowl and I was ringing it as loud as possible because um, it's like the metal Tibetan bowl. And that was like the loud, loud one. And then the next time we went around with like just really gentle essential oil sprays and quiet chimes. And um, there's an entirely new energy that comes about from something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then if you really want to up the dosage, you can get 
a large beeswax candle and let that burn for several hours because beeswax will actually clear the air as opposed to soy, which I don't trust. Right. Um, it's very uh, Brahmari. She's, uh, she's got that heat, yeah. you know, the bee mama. I love her. Um, yeah. yeah. So with all of that, once you get your space cleared out, you will feel a difference when you're asking yourself truth questions. There was a, a long period of time where I had been working with what I thought was a specific deity. And I re- came to realize it wasn't through a beautiful shamanic healing that I was doing. And um, the shaman asked me like, Hey, who's this thing over here? And I said the name and she was like, no, it's not. And I full body intuition, like where every part of me knew that what she just said was truth. And I felt sick to my stomach. Like I had like been part of an identity theft. Um, And once we cleared that out, had no trouble whatsoever knowing what my truth was. But for a couple mm-hmm. years before that, I was constantly having to check in, constantly having to reassure myself, constantly having to say, like, is this what I want? Is this where I want to go? Is this what I want to do? Is this what I want to say? Um, because I had something else whispering in my ear. So if you've been a person who's having a lot of trouble figuring out all of those questions, there's a chance that you've bonded with something that is pretending to be a helpful guide a helpful spirit guardian and they aren't because if you can't connect to your own sources truth your own highest self your soul whatever you want to call it um, if you can't connect to that instantly and easily then something is blocking the channel period Mm -hmm. and you need to seek out professional help you need to seek out a shaman, um, a healer, somebody who will help you clear that. You can do it with Akashic Records. Um, if someone knows how to open up your Akashic field like, and look at it with you, um, they can clear that out very well. But they also need to have training in, in working with the type of work that shamans do to clear. Um, you can do it in plant medicine ceremony. I remember experiencing that. Have you ever, did you ever experience that in plant medicine? Like clearing out beings who were potentially harmful? Not, um, not things that I had agreed to kind of let into my field. I remember having other people have that experience. Um, there was, um, I'm not sure if I've told the story or not. I, I know you know it, but the, um, there was like one of the times before I, the last, one of the, one of the first times that I sat where I knew that I wanted to become a guardian and actually go into the, go into more of a shamanics uh, practice. Um, there was a guy that was sitting next to me and uh, his brother had passed away earlier that year. And he was like, I'm just dealing with a lot of, he, he had was dealing with like, you know, suicidal thoughts. His brother, I think had, uh, had committed suicide and he was, um, he was just like, I'm just trying to find some levity. You know, I'm trying to find something to kind of like let release some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking about it during, you know, when we were sitting, but not really thinking about it much as the ceremony went on. Cause I was in my own thing. I was actually sitting for myself and I had had a couple of really big experiences earlier in that, uh, in that ceremony where I had a lot of uh, guides that had kind of come through that. And I actually had, I had something that was like, it seemed like a school of fish that like swam up in the, uh, in the mental space in the spiritual space 
which I was like, I'm holding a safe space. Like I'm talking to myself. I'm like, I'm holding a safe space, but uh, I just kind of want to make sure that everybody here is kind of safe. And uh, the thing started to swim off. And I said, unless you have something that you want to say to me. And it stopped and it looked at me like it understood that I was trying to communicate with it. But then it was like, I like, it didn't have anything to say apparently. So it kind of went on. Mm -hmm. And later on, shortly after the guy that was sitting next to me, I kind of rolled over towards him and I could see these eyes that were inside of what looked like a triangle. And it was like right by him. And I was like, did the same thing that I had done with the fish uh, energy. I was like, I'm holding a safe space. This is not a place for you to be right now. Uh, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And they kept, it kind of started moving a little bit closer and it kind of like started getting brighter. And I was like, I'm holding a safe space. I need you to leave. This is not a place for you to be right now. And it's, it's flared up and it started to move quickly towards me. And I said, you have to go. And I put my hand out and I felt this, I felt this heat from behind me as this, I don't know what, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I looked over my shoulder and there's a Phoenix Mm. that is behind me and it's blowing, it's like flapping its wings. So I turned back and I focused my energy back on this thing which was obviously connected to this guy yeah. and the, the energetic of the wind, which I could feel coming off of my back and my intention, the thing pushed back and then it kind of blipped out of existence. Yeah. And I look back over my shoulder again and I see the Phoenix kind of flying off, like doing its <laughs> thing. It was like, I just kind of, I just stopped by, you know, just wanted to lend my hand. And when I look back around, the dude had turned around and was looking at me and I like apologized because I was afraid that I was like affecting his uh, his experience. But the next morning he was talking about how how clear he felt mm-hmm. like there was something that came up. So, again, I don't necessarily know if that was me. I didn't ask him about it. This was only like the third or fourth time that I had sat. So um, but, yeah, I mean, like when it comes to that type of thing, again, it wasn't something that someone else agreed to disconnect from. But it was something that was definitely there and was uh, it was taking advantage of the other person, which is, again, what I've I've that is what led me into what I do now. Like when that kind of stuff comes up now, I'm like, I mean, I'm not like, Oh boy, this is exciting because like, I love dealing with dark energies, but it's like, this is, I, this is why I do it. Like being able to help people release from these things that are holding on to them so that they can feel more, you know, physically capable and actually be able to stand taller and to have that energy that they have been losing to something else for so long. I feel like a lot of people don't realize how much they let in um, when they, are when they think they're having fun is the best way to put it. Right. Um, right. Whether it's, you know, kind of casually sleeping around with different people because you're enjoying just the act of sex, but not being tied down in a relationship. Um, and you're not realizing how much of their energy and the things that are tied to them are getting absorbed into your field. Um, and mm-hmm. unless you have a very clear way of setting up uh intentional space when you're going into those acts and then clearing yourself afterwards. Like I used to like smudge myself after that. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people pick up stuff from other people around them that way. Not so much nowadays because nobody's seeing each other. Um, So you might have (laughs) a little bit more space uh, in your field. Also when you're um, you mentioned drinking earlier, even like mm-hmm. smoking too much or um, hanging out in those types of environments. Thank goodness most of them are closed right now so that people are kind of not as um, surrounded by it in the way that they used to be. Um, but I had one psychic tell me once that they looked over at um, like a bar uh, that they were kind of I think they were at like a stoplight or something that they were driving by and they saw because they were clair- very clairvoyant they saw like hundreds of beings hanging out mm-hmm. like climbing the walls 
sitting on the roof, sitting on people's shoulders, like all the really scary shit that you see in artwork from like the turn of the century when people were on Corona acid. Bosch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, the stuff where like there's a woman laying on a bed and there's like a demon sitting on her while she's dreaming. It was that kind of mm-hmm. stuff that they saw. And they saw all of these people who were drunk out of their minds, like blackout drunk, who were fully embodied by the other beings Um, and it's like when you get to that point of losing your consciousness you are turning yourself over to it's like it's like shining a little beacon saying hey i'm open for business um and so being really mindful of those states and when you get to them um it like when you get back to to the memory of them clearing out whatever could have you could have picked up during those times. Right. Um, and those are like the two most extreme cases that I, I can think of as an illustration, but it can also be like we were talking about earlier, you're watching a film and you, you, you empathize with the character and you believe that story to be like something that is like in your life. And you let the energies that come along with it kind of sink into your patterns around you. Um, in mystery schools, there's different ways of expressing this, but we all have energetic fields and they can get sticky. They can get cloudy um, and they go mm-hmm. up very high above us. And we don't realize it because we don't think about it. We don't do a lot of pulling the soul down um, towards ourselves unless that is a practice that uh, you've been introduced to. And so those are the two things I want to talk about in two seconds. But um, the the idea is these beings are using your energy to feed themselves and Mm -hmm. you gave them permission, whether you remember it or not. And it sucks Mm -hmm. because they literally suck. They suck. Yeah. (laughs) So if you are having trouble finding joy, if you're having trouble waking up in the morning, um, if you're having trouble connecting to the things that used to make you happy, if you're having trouble in your relationships because you can't seem to open up or be vulnerable, like all there's a lot of signs in our world that we want to medicate that are actually based in spiritual ex- ex- experiences and that we need to consider and like that's why the work that you do Jerry, is so important like when you're working on someone's body they have no idea what they might have started to embody um from the energetic realms Mm -hmm. but you can pick up on that and you can still do it remotely in different ways where you're like tapping into your own self as an expression of their self and kind of figuring it out which is so important and um there's so many beautiful ways that healing can be done remotely even if you know, you might not think you need it. <laughs> right. Um, I didn't think that I needed anything too terrible. And then I had that beautiful shamanic clearing and everything changed after that because suddenly I was right. able to talk to my soul in a whole other level. So, well, this other- is, go ahead. I, I was just going to say this, getting into that, uh, you're talking about the different Claire senses um, for that. Like once you've, once you've kind of cleared the space, there are other ways that things can come through. And what you were talking about, especially with me having people on the table is a clear tangency mm. and, and people can do that too. When it comes to like um, touching that's touching. So clear tangency is knowing by touching something. So you have a lot of psychics that go to a crime scene and, they, and they're yeah. like, they died here. You know, if, if they, whatever you think about it, like the, the television show psych, there are people who actually have these abilities. And part of that is something I feel like a lot of body workers do as well. It's like, you might not know what it is, but you can touch somebody in a certain area and you can feel like, this is emotional. This is, this is like a physical trauma, something that somebody is holding in a certain place. 
um, people, um, like my partner, uh, since she's a licensed professional counselor, she also, you know, she has a lot of like interactions with people one-on-one where she can kind of feel stuff coming off of them and she can touch the the chair or the the couch that they're sitting on afterwards and feel like whatever it was that they were clearing because our body, once it clears too, it goes somewhere, right? right? Like if this stuff that is attached to us can also get attached to objects. So, so being able to kind of, to being able to, to touch and to feel into things is another way that you can kind of, is another one of the senses that you may have that uh, have, that once you've cleared your space, you might be able to actually tap into a little bit easier. Yeah, and and you have what to were you be. Gonna say? Um, I was just gonna say with that, well, you have to be super mindful to not let it stay in you. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> to push yeah. Because a lot of people get really stuck on that. A lot of empaths end up mm-hmm. sick and with disease in their body because of picking up on others trauma and experiences but um and then confusing it with their own yeah, that's a big part of it yeah um so work like we said working with a professional working with someone who's been trained who's um done this for a while and has is walking the talk um is super right. important and part of that are some tools that two really beautiful teachers taught me um at different times and in different ways and in ways that um monumentally shifted once I did finally clear out that last being that I've been working with and and the last of the patterns that were holding me back from connecting to my own highest self. And um, the first one is super easy, soul journaling. Um, And Elisa Mm -hmm. Romeo talks about it in the very first episode of her podcast, Fully Inhuman. Um, But she also goes really in depth into it in her book, Meet Your Soul. And with soul journaling, um, you, you start with the same technique that you do with the muscle testing, right? You, <laughs> you ask really simple questions and you get a, a sense of yes or no. And this is where the clairs come in, um, right? Some people get a, a sensation in their body and they feel like tingling, which happens to me a lot, or they feel like a butterflies in the stomach or a faster heart. So that's... And that is clairsentience. Right. That is intuitive knowing by yeah, feeling. Clairsentience. And so some yes. people will get that. Sometimes it's claircognizance where you just know it. And that's the hardest one where you're like, yes, that was my soul answering. Why? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have no proof. Um, there's also uh, the other clairs that we talked about. So as you start journaling, um, you might find that your soul is showing you pictures and you can't explain where the pictures are popping into your head from or that you're Mm -hmm. hearing certain words popping into your head that you're having to write down and you realize oh that's my soul talking um and Mm -hmm. you might also get emotional responses and this is the one that um i think i'm the most envious of because i don't (laughs) have it um where you get an instant happiness or an instant dread as a yes or a no and it's like boom boom so fast like just the way that your emotions can turn on when you like you see something really sweet and cute versus something really disgusting so um there's there's all different responses you'll get but as you begin to journal as you begin to go and elisa directs this in a really great way in her book you start super simple you do a grounding exercise and you do a cosmic exercise where you bring your soul closer to your body doesn't matter if you think you're doing it right doesn't matter if you know you're doing it right All that matters is you set that intention because your soul knows how to do it and your body knows how to do it and your brain doesn't have to know. And that's, that's the mystery there. So bringing your soul closer to yourself because then it's going to be easier for them to write through your hands. Right. And you typically will find a name for the soul. Not everybody does, 
my soul, it jumped around what name I wanted to call her. And then all of a sudden one name came in and it felt so right. I started crying and there, and I was like, Oh, that was the emotional response I've always been looking for. (laughs) I was like this instant knowing instant sensation and instant feeling all combined to say, yes, this is true. And from that point on, I've been able to step into a place where I say, dear, this name, and I'm not going to share it because it's, um, I think it's a very private one uh, that I'll, I'll ask her something and I can ask her really esoteric things like, well, at this lifetime in Atlantis, did I, um, or like <laughs> practical things, like, will it benefit me to wear this today? Because I'm trying to draw this into my life. And she'll say, actually, you should wear this shirt. And then I don't question it. I wear the shirt. I go outside and someone who needed to talk to me sees that shirt and the right Mm-hmm. synchronicities happen so um living a soul centered life is is what soul journaling brings you to and then the next thing is the triple soul alignment and this one um you need to have someone walk you through it it's it's beautiful it's wonderful it was taught to me by my teacher fio um and his book pen name is getty parma and there is a wonderful process that goes along with it if you want to like schedule a private session with me just to experience that we can figure out some kind of um arrangement because it it's a short little guided meditation but it's really really powerful and it helps align your energetic body your physical body your mental body so your what they call your talking self um your ego personality and your soul self so it's literally every aspect of you the egyptians had like 10 parts of the soul it's bringing all of those together into one beautiful channel so they're all connected um there's a lot of screaming happening outside of this room so i'm gonna have to go (laughs) sucks okay such juicy stuff but it's good it makes you come back and listen next week um, and also we've talked about doing this as a three-part series did. anyway so i think this is a this is a good way to kind of kick into yeah into the first part and So next week we'll talk triple soul alignment more deeply we'll talk about um beginning to work with beings you can trust and then the third week we'll we'll talk about once you've established this really firm solid trust line with yourself with a team how to move forward from there mm-hmm. awesome yeah oh my gosh that was we did good we did good. We got in in under an hour as well. Oh, good. All right. Well, sorry for the technical blip. Hope you guys don't notice it later. Um, check out <laughs> Jeremy's Patreon if you want those long-distance healing sessions. And um, and to be able to contact him for one-on-ones, you can go to Jeremy Renta or Voice Hands and Heart at Instagram. There's no and. It's sorry. just Voice Hands Heart. Sorry, sorry. Voice Hands <laughs> I always get that wrong. Um, and then for me, which goddess mama, um, so, so happy to do sessions with you and um next week i'll talk about the all souls school that i am starting yay okay all right Um